Hi, Richard Gillis here. Welcome to Unofficial Partner. Um, well, I don't need to tell anyone listening what a strange time this is. And we're all, I think, in various states of shock about how we navigate our response to the coronavirus and its implications, both sort of short term, but also longer term. So I, what I thought we'd do is talk to people from across the sports business and get a sense of their reaction. Um, just really just talk about what it looks like from various parts of the industry. We'll do this on um, a regular basis over the coming days, weeks, and months, perhaps. Um, and if you want to join in the conversation as it evolves, feel free to get in touch via the website unofficialpartner.com. Um, we'll basically be following the news agenda and saying how it applies to the people working in sport and across as many different places as we can. So I thought we'd start with the conversation I had this morning with Henry Chappell, who is the founder, chief executive of Pitch Marketing. Right. So, Henry, what what does it look like? What's the what's the state of play? You're in a sitting in there in a agency. You've got clients. We're in the middle of this problem crisis, depending on how you wanna you wanna put it. What's the what do you think? What's your initial response? Yeah, it's it's uh, to be frank, it's grim, isn't it? Um, there's a huge amount of obviously focus has been on the you know the, the health issues and the the health crisis and and obviously then the knock-on effects for people in relation to the cancellation of events and and um, you know and the changes to, to people's lives um, and you know day by day you know it unfolded last week um, and you know by the end of the week you know. The, the world had changed and um, it does make it an immediate impact um, for us as an agency and I'm sure for many others, I, I suspect for everybody. Um, and, and, the, and the reason for that is because almost every industry category uh, is affected. Um, obviously, again, there's been a lot of attention on you know the travel sector and particularly the airline industry who are at the, you know, the, I guess the, you know the the cold face of this, um, but I think what is unprecedented in our lifetime, and certainly in, in in nineteen years that Pitch Marketing Group has been in existence, is 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 like I say, the extent of of this across all industry categories. So, um, pretty much whoever your clients are, however big, um, in whatever markets, um, they are going to be affected. And um, and the effect is 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 very worrying in the short term, but I think in the medium to long term, it's also very worrying from an economic point of view. Um, so yeah, we are, we're having to take urgent steps, urgent and decisive steps, you know, to address what that means for us and how we can ensure that we safeguard as many jobs as possible within our agency and. Um, you know, and we can, you know, it, there's no threat to the, our business as a whole. Um, 
How do you do that? What's the what are the what's the process of that? Well, we, you know, we're, you know, talking to me now live, and we've got some key meetings over the course of the next. Well, we had last week, but over the course of the next few days to to address that. And you know, it's like I say, it's not, it's not something we've necessarily prepared for. Um, so we are we are working out how we um, cope. You know, there is work to still work to be done. We have it's not there is a shortage of work, work almost overnight, but there's still clients to. That we, you know, whose needs we need to, to meet and, you know, across the board, you know, and so we need to do that, but we also need to take into account people's, you know, well-being and, and the social responsibility of not unwilling, unnecessarily spreading the virus. So with effect from now, we are all working from home, um, working remotely, and, you know, but we're also going to have to look at, you know, the, the cost base of the business and how we can ensure, like I say, we we... we safeguard as, as many roles within the business as possible and to do that it's you know obviously any unnecessary expenditure needs to be you know brought to an abrupt halt and you know we may may look at need to look at other initiatives we can do um sort of to mitigate our costs um so there's, there's, a, there's a number of things going on here you know um and um you know it's 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 a sort of tightrope walk that we are we're, we're, that we're we're treading at the moment. How is it? Is it the so the event delivery, the activation side of it? You've got that bit a bit of your business, and then you've got the other, you know, you've the the sort of strategy and advice end of things. Um, presumably, the activation bit is the most vulnerable. Is it? Yeah, activation, and we've had a series of um, very very big, high profile shoots, production content production shoots postponed or potentially cancelled you know um i mean it's it's, it's just you know, two weeks ago we our productions team we, we were having to work with them to you know to cope with the stress of how they, how they were having to cope with all the work we had on and you, you know and and even though you know i was very aware of you know this the shadow looming over you know the economy and our industry you know it was still all systems go and and so we had to kind of continue as if things were going to be happening. Um, whilst even though it, you could sense that it, what, things weren't going to happen. Um, Does that, what happens on a, just on a practical level there, is the, do you get a, a fee for the work or is that work that is, is that a loss that you're bearing or is it something that's covered in a, in a contract with the client? Well, it, it, yeah, I mean, obviously the, the, um, the, the 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 consulting and the, and the kind of work we do to to advise clients and or, or manage partnerships or you know that that tends to be yeah in a retainer you know with with you know monthly fees and and um and by and large you know that sort of contractual relationship obviously in the short term is 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 fine um but you do worry about the medium to long term because obviously like I say everybody is going to be affected by this from an economic point of view. Um, but yeah, the, the actual activations or the activities such as shoots or, you know, events and such things are obviously, um, you know, when they're cut, then there, you know, there are costs that, you know, have been incurred or committed to that, you know, need to be met. Um, and that depends obviously, you know, on, 
you know the, the clients will really have to meet them. But if there is some things where we are, um, you know, left sort of holding the ball, then obviously we do have insurance policies that it will cover that. But then subsequently, insurance premiums go up, and it's sort of not ideal because you're obviously meeting those costs and having to try and recover them through your insurance uh, policy. So it's a combination, really, of depending on you know what was stopped at what stage, you know. Uh, and, and even stuff that's in the can, you know, it's really good content series and, you know, that just might not be relevant now. You know, there's a whole bunch of stuff we've filmed for various sponsors and, and brands who are involved, you know, pretty high profile work that you're probably not going to put in the public domain at the moment, you know. So you have to take a view on that. And, you know, so, you know, and, and we obviously have, we have our client base as a combination of, you know, some of the world's biggest rights holders in the NBA and, the Premier League and Formula One, all of whom have been affected, and brands, you know, like Hyundai, who obviously one of the world's biggest car brands, but, you know, on a global basis are seriously impacted by this. And so, you know, both sides of that equation, you know, there's there's a huge amount of uncertainty and, and unknowns. And um, so, you know, all that's pretty much happening is obviously, you know, people just, you know, understandably, you know, you know, not willing or not, not able uh, to, to to proceed. And I think, as you know, I don't know when this goes out. Everything's moving so quickly. By the time people listen to this, what I'm saying will probably be out of date because I suspect the UK will be on a lockdown. And I think, you know, for a period of time, everything will be shut down, as it's you know, as is overnight seemingly being the case in, in the United States, and obviously it has been in Europe over the past few days. So, you know, apologies if what I'm saying is already you know out of date by the time people hear this, but. I think my point is, is that, you know, I think we will all be, you know, on lockdown imminently. And, and it's just a question of what, you know, what, what, how, you know, what can happen the other side of that. So just broadening very slightly then, just, just on the sponsorship um, question, the, you've got a load of, of big events, four year cycles, big ticket contracts which you sort of sense there's going to be a a period where um those those that there's always going to be flex in those sorts of contracts aren't there to try and you know make good on the rights that have been bought and they can then try and make up at, at some point when things start to get back to normality they can then start to say okay well we'll we'll make you more do more of these or you can you can have more of these digital rights or whatever it is it's the shorter term sort of contracts i guess which are more difficult to work out how that's going to work do you agree with that yeah i do but i, I think even the you know the longest term stuff is, is complicated as well i mean everything is so discombobulated by this it's beyond anyone to, to really accurately predict, I believe. Um, but I, I do agree with your sort of summation and that, you know, if things get rescheduled, you know, you're, you know so the Euros, I think they're, it's inevitable that they will be have to be rescheduled to some degree uh, later this year, but almost certainly it's 2021. But you think that they could just sort of re-deliver that, you know, with the same broadcasters and the fact they, they may, you know, try and secure new partners for it. But, 2021 you know so but there'll still be an impact there because you know people will from a hospitality point of view so many businesses are going to be affected it may have an impact in in that area or 
you know, or other, you know, sponsors may be so affected they may want to try and get out of the relationship, you know, to, to save their own costs or may not be, you know, may, may, you know, some very big businesses, I think, are going to not exist as a result of this, you know, and you saw last week, you know, British Airways chief executive, you know, addressing his staff, talking about, you know, the survival of the British Airways. And so you may have big brands who are involved in, you know, Olympic partnerships or, you know, Euros partnerships or other, you know, major sort of global sports events that the rights holder is able to re-deliver a later date. But, you know, sponsors, you know, may, you know, default on their payment terms or, or what have you. So, you know, that even those, those big, those big kind of set pieces that can be sort of made good, if you like, you know, could have an impact. Certainly in the shorter term, you know, you know, one-offs and, you know, or just, you know, things that fall into this period of lockdown, you know, are going to have a, have a major impact. But again, obviously, they'll have insurance to cover that. But, you know, you then, you know, the, the consequence for a year later is, you know, people, again, reticence of the rebook or something, you know, it just can have an impact, you know, on an ongoing basis. So, um, yeah, I think, I think, you know, I think, I think it's, you know, the thing to bear in mind is some of the, from a sponsorship point of view, some of the biggest investors in sport in the UK and internationally are, are from categories that have been, you know, sort of devastated by this. You consider the betting mark, the, the betting category, that mm. probably one of the biggest investors in, in sport sponsorship, certainly in football. You know, the, the, the lights have gone out overnight for them, haven't they? You know, and, and you know, there's no live sport to bet on. You know, their revenues have been, you know, decimated. So, you know, they, they just won't, you know, they won't have the, you know, the, the, the sort of in, income and, and budgets they had, you know, pre-corona. And so I, I think the, for them, the, the, whole, the whole playing field will change. Uh, and, and that has a major impact for, you know, we heard, you know, before all of this, the reason that, you know, football clubs and football governing bodies are still, you know, trading or betting companies or doing those deals is because they kind of depend upon it. Um, I think it's the same for the alcohol sector. Again, another major investor in sport, you know, the, the alcohol sales across the board are going to be, you know, are going to be, you know, you know, through the floor. Um, mm. It's about the only thing that people aren't panic buying. <laughs> you, know, um, you know, it's sort of, you know, in dark, dark days kind of, you know, makes you think. But, you know, it's, it's um, you know, and obviously other, other categories, you know, the travel sector recently have been investing big time in commercial partnerships, you know, with hotels.com and booking.com and Expedia. But, you know, obviously that's, that's going to come to an end. So, you know, and so on and so forth. So I... Um, so there's a short term there, Henry, and there's also a lag, isn't there, in terms of yeah. their plans in 18 months time this idea that we're going to come out the end everyone you know the 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 virus will go away hopefully everyone there'll be some normality but actually what you're saying is that then those decisions on in sponsorship is a is a long-term bet isn't it you know understandably the the news cycle is very short-termist and looking at that i don't think anyone's really i certainly haven't seen it even in in the financial pages yet had a chance to draw breath and kind of go what does this mean medium to long term but as, a, as an agency owner, I, I, I have to both think in the short term, but also, you know, what, what's, what's going to happen, you know, beyond this. And, and I, I think the sports industry and the marketing services industry, which, you know, we kind of straddle both, if you like, 
um, you know, is, is going to be, you know, is going to have some serious challenges, you know, even when, you know, the sports um, schedule is back up and running. And, yeah. uh, and I think that's, I think that's, you know, the, the game has changed, you know. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, obviously, you know, we're a London-based agency. But, you, know, you know, there are so many agencies, marketing agencies in London, you know, you know, of every, of every hue and every colour. But I think, you know, a lot of them are going to, you know, are going to be challenged. And, you know, there'll be some big advertising brand names I don't think will survive. You know, and certainly some of the advertising brand names who, you know, who've, who were struggling anyway or had issues, you know, I think are going to, probably going to be under, you know, serious threat. Um, you know, so, and I know that sounds terribly <laughs> mm. negative and, you know, it's, you know, like I said, you know, I hope it's not, you know, as bad as that, but we have to start preparing for, you know, the kind of worst kind of consequences, I believe. It feels like that the very people I've spoken to, the, the, the closest thing we can get to is the financial crisis. This feels like a, you know, it's that sort of moment. It's a different shaped thing, perhaps, but it really is a huge economic shock. Um, I, th- which, I, think it's, you know, I think it's worse than, the, I honestly do think it's worse than 2007 and, you know, the, the, the financial crisis, the credit crunch, um, which, you know, obviously brought down, you know, some of the biggest brand names in banking and Lehman Brothers and others. So that's sort of what to expect. Because the reason is that although that pervaded everywhere in, in commercial society, you know, the, the access to capital and, you know, and it affected, you know, affected us as a business, you know, it, I don't think it was uh, ubiquitous as this is and is going to be. And, um, and so I, I, you know, and also didn't have the humanitarian and sort of health mm. and social issue around it. So, it, you know, it, it, it was an economic crisis that, you know, because it was stemmed from the financial sector, you know, it did have, it, it, it did have a bearing on many industries, but I still don't think as many as this. Mm. And, and also, like I say, it didn't have the kind of health and humanitarian um, aspect of it that this obviously sadly does. And um, so... Uh, yeah, I actually, I, I, my, I'm afraid my my view is that this is going to, you know, have a have a more significant impact on um, the global economy uh, and, um, and 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 our our industry category than, than that did, and and that was obviously the biggest challenge that we, you know, I've, I've faced in my in my career. Um, so I, I think it's going to be the, the the biggest you know challenge that we will face, um, you know, in our lifetimes. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it's, it's like I say, it's just, it isn't just great, you know. When the Premier League restarts and whatever, it's not going to be really back, you know, back where we were. I think that's that's what's going to unfold, you know. And you know, yes, you know, the sooner you know things can go back to normal, the better, absolutely. But you know, I, I, I think that's not going to be as soon as people hope. You know, I think it's going to take all a number of months, you know. And I think the the cancellation of events hasn't. You know, hasn't stopped yet. You know, I, you know, things like Wimbledon, I doubt will happen this year. Um, and there'll be others. You know, Glastonbury. You know, many others. Just because I think the mm. knock-on effects. I don't think people. I think that, I don't think the schedule will get back to normal till the autumn. Um, and yeah, and yeah, and I think I think the you know the, the economic um, implications uh, will, will be will both be significant and long-lasting. 
um, and it's well into next year. Uh, and, and that's that's what we're preparing for. Okay, mate. Well, listen, thanks very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Next up, we are talking to Murray Barnett and he has just left Formula One who and was previously Chief Commercial Officer of um, World Rugby and before that at ESPN. So he's got a very broad experience, both on the event side, rights holder side, but also into the media. So I thought he'd be a very good person to, to have a chat with. Here's Murray. So what um, I wanted to do is just is just get a sense of where your head is basically and what your what the what you're taking we're hearing a lot of varying different people saying various different things and i just wanted to sort of bring it back down to practicalities really and just say well what is it that uh how do you see today and you know the last week has been or friday felt like a big moment um and what you what the implications might be if we sort of look at it from a from a rights holder perspective that would be useful um but what what's your just general sense first of all yeah i mean i think it's it's pretty devastating uh especially if you're in any kind of short-term employment so you know if you look at the sports business if you're involved in anything that's related to event delivery or hospitality i think that that's really really tough i think the big sort of rights owners or rights holders like premier league formula one and others it's a temporary issue because whether they're owned by shareholders or whether they're, uh, they've got some kind of different ownership structure, they're kind of insulated because everybody knows that when it comes back, those rights are going to come back with a vengeance. I think the danger becomes with hospitality, for example, is that if people all of a sudden don't have hospitality, I think it'd be a lot slower even when it does come back. I don't know that people will come back to it in quite the same way, you know, just in the same way that everybody's talked about how you've started to realize just how many of those business trips you really need to make now that you can't make any of them. Well, I think the same thing will happen with things like hospitality, where it'll be, okay, do we actually really need to do any of that entertaining? And I think that will become a lot slower to come back. Um, you know, when, when you get to kind of viewership on TV and stuff, I think that there'll be a bit of a pent up demand. And so actually, from a from a media perspective or even an attendance perspective, it's probably not a terrible thing, but there'll be certain other parts which are affected a lot worse. Do you think there's a sort of there's been a sense for a while that there's you know quite a lot of oversupply in the event market generally? Do you think that this is a sort of this is going to correct that? There's going to be a, a sort of bit of a shakedown. Um. I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, I think the thing that it's probably uh, shone a light on is it is exactly what exists at the core of a lot of these companies. So you look at some people or some companies, you know, it's it's whatever the phrase is, you know, when we're at our worst, that's when you find out who's at their best. And it's you look at the leadership that somebody like Adam Silver has shown with the NBA and, uh, you know, we'll come on, no doubt, come on and talk about that in a second. But I, I think that that really shows where he's taken the human aspect of what's important first and put all his business um, needs to one side. I think there are other leagues which have just focused uh, either through fear or through ignorance on what the financial implications are for them rather than just doing the right thing. And that's a really mm. that that to me has been the most interesting thing about this is actually seeing how people have responded to it, whether they've taken the response of 
you know, our, the, the overused, our people are our most important asset and who have taken those to heart, whether they're talking about their employees or whether they're talking about their fans or, or, the, or the world at large, and those which are just paying lip service to that kind of creed or, or that, that kind of sort of view. The, that sort of financial question, um, where, what sort of decisions do you think are going to need to be made over the, you know, what, what's the process that, that takes place at a rights holder? I mean, obviously the event, they're talking about postponement at the moment because presumably for legal and insurance reasons, no one's talking about cancellation. Um, how do they go about deciding what the next steps are? Are they just just in a holding pattern? Well, I think you know you're absolutely right, and I mean I think this is why you see some of these crazy situations where people are not told until you know they're already queuing up outside an event that it's not going to happen is because you know who blinks first often determines where you sit within the sort of in, uh, where you sit from a from an insurance and a liability perspective. So you know frequently a uh, a governing uh, sorry a, a a local government will have to request for an event to be cancelled before a rights owner will cancel an event because otherwise it has an implication on the insurance liability and so i think that you know there are a lot of people that have been taking that route in terms of you know not thinking about the wider human issue and actually just trying to follow a contractual process and i think that sometimes loses sight of the you know the bigger thing which is happening here which is you know the overused unprecedented times thing of you know this really hasn't happened like this before on a global basis and it's really important that that us as a sports industry kind of take take a sort of a pragmatic view of look we'll come back bigger and stronger no doubt but we've got to think about the right thing to do first rather than the financial implications. And I know it's easy for me to say because it's not my money, but, you know, some of the despicable things that you see coming from some people who immediately are worried about the implications of relegation or that kind of stuff. It's like, you know, full credit, you know, you, mm. you can discuss that in private with the respective powers, but why are you going out in public and, and being so crass in your view of what, what should happen? There's a, I mean, you've been on the you know, on the rights holder side, but also on the media side. What's the do they? How quickly do you think that the media will start to talk about um, you know rights delivery obligations and delivery and and sort of the way in which contract? I'm assuming it's 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 uh, to do with how long the relationship has been going, what sort of you know product they bought and what sort of level of trust there is between the rights holder and the, the broadcaster but presumably at some point what, what i'm just wondering what the chain of events are because obviously they've sold advertising around it or they've sold broadcast inventory around the events if that doesn't happen what what happens i would have thought the most obvious thing and i'm sure that this is what the skies of this world are thinking about is just kicking the can down the road and sort of saying look you know we end up missing the majority of this season or this season gets curtailed in some way. We just want you to add an extra year on at the end. And that would probably be the most pragmatic starting point for everybody. I would have thought. So it's just a, a just a, a fairly straightforward sort of contractual 
arrangement? I, I would I would have thought so. And I mean, you know, you've got kind of these symbiotic relationships where the skies of this world and Premier League have been together for such a long time. I think that they can they can take a more longer term view of of what they should do. You know, I, I also think that and it's interesting if you look at the NBA and you know, I don't know how true this is, but there's a thesis that you know, basically, as soon as Adam Silver said that they were suspending the season, it gave everybody else the right to do it as well. And I think that's where, you know, the likes of Premier League and, and Sky and some of the other big players can can take advantage, can take a leadership position in terms of, you know, if you're out there dictating how, how you're going to react, a lot of people will be looking to you to, to see how they should react. And hopefully they, they can lead a fairly pragmatic approach to all of this, which is, you know, hopefully it's a relatively short-term issue that we're all facing and if we almost just press the pause button and then start again when it's all over you know the the the, the there shouldn't be too disrupt too much to disruption to contractual issues i think where it becomes really difficult is um sports which are in a in a growth phase so trying to build themselves mm-hmm. or attract new audiences you know everything they've invested for arguably the last two years it's going down the toilet now because, you know, they'll be starting from a much lower base again. And I'm just thinking, you know, you look for, for example, with uh, it's a very small example, but for Formula One with the launch of Drive to Survive Series 2 on Netflix, the, uh, the Fly on the Wall documentary series, they invested a huge amount of time and energy in promotion of the second series. And actually, that's not going to go to waste because, you know, people will be looking for content to watch. But then the idea is that that cross-pollinates with Formula One races where people watch the series, then then get excited about watching races. And, of course, that's not going to happen. So, you know, if you like a lot of that energy, probably more than money, time and energy has been has been lost. And presumably the the real shocks are further down the supply chain of the the production companies, the various, you know, the sort of uh, agencies. Um, that's where there's there's less sort of um, resource to try and live through this, isn't it? That that's they're they're living on much finer margins, and and this and a, and a hit of two to three months of cash is going to be might be make or break, presumably. Well, yeah, and like I said earlier, you know, you've got people that say work in hospitality who, even when it comes back, for argument's sake, they might be doing half the number of events that they would normally expect to be doing. And so I think it's definitely a massive hit there. Although, you know, if it continues throughout the summer, I think that there will be pressure on even some of the big organizations to turn around and say, you know, we're going to cull 10% of our workforce or whatever it is. I mean, I hope it doesn't get to that because you know ultimately we will get all we will all get past this but i think that there will be a few that take the opportunity to to reset the the sizing of their organizations what's um have you been sort of talking to many people over the last couple of weeks about it what's the you know obviously everyone is doom and gloom are there any are there any uh, positive sign anything positive to be taken i think there's a little bit of you know, people are a little bit punch drunk, to be honest with you. I mean, I think up until probably, you know, most of last week, I think people were just acting fairly normally about it. And then, I th- you know, I think it's probably only sort of really hit home over the last, maybe not even quite hit home yet. It's still got a little bit of time to go. 
I think that you know we're all lucky to work in an industry that means a lot of a lot to a lot of people, and so I think there's a genuine feeling that it's all going to bounce back, and it's just how can you batten down the hatches and survive over the over the next few months? But it's definitely a, a bit of a surreal view when you're when you're out there talking to people, um, and nobody quite knows you know what to believe or how long it's going to last. And I think that's part of the problem is that we generally have worked in a business which is you know, quite finite. You generally know when a season starts and finishes, how many games they've got to play, what the points you need are to avoid relegation, you know, whatever it is. Um, And now that's all kind of up in the air and nobody quite knows what the solutions are going to be. So I think that everybody's walking around a little bit dazed at the moment. I I think there are a few potential bright sparks. I mean, you know, esports is an obvious one and whether that's part of the real sports industry or not, I think there's a potential there. And you know, it's interesting that somebody like Formula One, I would have thought, which should have jumped on that super quick and been able to, to recreate a virtual championship. But they don't, and I'm sure that they will come out with it fairly soon, but they don't seem to have really uh, jumped on it. And I've seen a couple of others have stolen the march in terms of getting drivers and stuff to take part in various events. And I think I've seen some, you'll know better than I do, maybe some EFL stuff around um, uh, games happening virtually. So I, I think that's an obvious area where there's a huge opportunity. Might be. A, <clears throat> I mean, it's sort of been something people have been talking about for ages, but it might it might be a moment where people start to look seriously at how it applies to, you know, the the, the sort of, as you said, the, traditional or the the in real life sport maybe well i think there's also you know you've got effectively a whole bunch of sports people uh uh, sitting around uh doing nothing like the rest of us or trying to work from home or or whatever it is that people are trying to do isn't this a great opportunity for them to you know use that horrible phrase build their own brand i mean i would all of a sudden if i was you know delhi ali i would be sitting down and saying right well because i can't go to because i can't go out i'm going to do whatever it is you know a game of call of duty every day and i'm going to live stream it and you know i'm going to follow it with a question and answer session about anything that you want to talk about and isn't that wouldn't that just be a great way for you to build your relationship with your fan base next up we've got a legal angle from ashley blake who is the general counsel for the sports consultancy and TSE Legal. Um, They work across the board. They're at the very centre, really, of of a number of major events and competitions. So I thought he would be the perfect person to to speak to this issue. And uh, we spoke this morning. So this is is a sort of roundup. I've been going around the houses asking people, basically replicating our conversation the other day. And I thought, well, why don't we, you know, obviously go back to the source and, and just talk a little bit about um, where we are, and what's going to happen, and the rest of it. So, sure. um, from your point of view, and and I'm talking to you now as both as a TSC sort of um, general counsel, but also as a lawyer generally. Um, what's the sort of foremost in your mind at the moment? What where where's your head? Well, that's a, that's a that's a big question. Um, I, I think the, the, the there are a number of questions at the moment around um, what is going to happen. What um, we're, we're being asked by a number of um, rights holders, um, what they can do with existing um, existing contracts and um, you know, all of the 
logistics around rescheduling um, events um, and potentially cancelling events. Um, and also looking forward at um, how to provide for this sort of situation in the future um, and all of the multiple stakeholders that have to be um, at, at least uh, in theory kept happy. I don't think that that, um, that will be possible to, to, to keep everybody happy. There are going to be some, uh, some losers from this situation un- undoubtedly. Um, can we just run through the so if we sort of start with a generic event you know a, a, a big event can we just run through some of the stakeholders because i thought you know i sort of i know uh some of them but some of them are a bit counterintuitive and obviously there are there are second level or sort yeah. there's a sort of second bounce of this as well so um the main ones presumably are the the relationship with if you are the 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 central rights holding um, yes. body where do you go what's your first call well the one of the biggest funders in in, in sport which is uh, probably the main funder in sport that, that's actually often overlooked in some of these conversations is is the host um the host often being public sector um huge investment from from public sector through rights fees um and and through um, uh, event logistics and um, and organisational costs um, and and venues and other uh, other in kind provision. Um, so so that that relationship between the the rights holder and the host um, is incredibly important uh, for you know for, for, for obvious reasons as well. When when you're looking to reschedule an event, you're going to have to look at whether the host is able to to do so as well. So that that's probably your your, your first port of call. Um, the other main rights holders, um, which are, are generally brought into this conversation, um, are broadcasters um, who uh, have w- will undoubtedly have busy schedules towards the end of the year if, if a number of events are, are being rescheduled, um, and sponsors as well, the two, two other um, biggest funders of, uh, of sport. But, but also, you mustn't forget the um, athletes themselves and, and, and the teams. Um, and, and their ability to uh, to attend the events, um, all of the uh, knock-on costs that they will have in in rescheduling, um, all of their um, program training programs that have have built up to these events, um, and uh, and all of the related um, whether it's a, a league or a, um, a a federation as well, and and, and fitting into their calendars. Um, Around the major event, you've also got um, a, an incredible array of um, of uh, logistical arrangements. Whether it's uh, with with travel operators, hospitality providers, um, equipment providers, and and a number of other supplier agreements, um, individual contractors, promoters, um, all of whom will be affected by an event postponement or, or cancellation. Um, all of whom. Uh, at least will need to be that their interests will need to be considered in in this sort of uh, scenario. So before we get to the sort of you know the because ma- the most of the conversation will be about managing that you know mass of people and it, that sort of interconnectedness is is you know mind boggling in many ways. Um, if you then say right, I'm a lawyer. Let's go to the law here for a moment. Mm. What are the what is the central issue 
I mean, I, I mean, again, mm. it's you know obvious. I'm not a lawyer, so, but I've heard of force majeure, and yep. I'm beginning to hear of frustration yeah. in this context. What, where is this? Is that where you go immediately? That that's where you would that that's where you would look contractually immediately. Um, it, you know, if the lawyers are, are, are running the things. Um, I mean, to, to, to me, um, a a well drafted force majeure clause um, w- would cover this sort of situation. Um, I, I, I think um, you know there, there's a lot of talk about force majeure at the moment. Uh, for, force majeure, an, an act of God clause, it's also called. Um, essentially is is, is to provide for situations that prevent uh, one or both of the parties from from delivering their obligations um, due to to no one's fault through through, through matters that that are out of the party's control. And if if you draft that um, well enough, and I'm sure that in in future people will be looking even closer at at these clauses to to make sure they do cover this sort of uh, pandemic situation. Um, that that would uh, possibly, you know, uh, allow the parties to terminate it or, or um, to, to cancel the event. Um, but but that that only gets you so far. That that's not an ideal scenario for for, for anyone. I think the, um, the 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 more relevant uh, part of this conversation is actually, you know, what what happens in that situation. Um, but, that there is also the, the the common law of of frustration, which is a, a similar source of. Um, concept that is is designed to, um, to 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 allow to excuse the parties from uh, from obligations that they that, that are impossible to uh, um, to to fulfil um, through through matters outside their control and and one way or another through through the force majeure or, or through frustration um, that there should be um, a, a, a route to to excuse the parties and, and, and possibly terminate the contract, but but as I say, that that doesn't really get you um, where you need to get to. Um, more more does important. That mean, sorry, just so does that mean that your the the law is as long as force majeure is in, you know, and they've got the contracts right, and that it shouldn't be controversial. There should be that's in place, and therefore. The rest is an issue of goodwill. Is that right? Is that what you're saying? Well, there, there, there are there are obligations to, uh, to 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 mitigate generally in that in that situation. But but I I wouldn't want to to, to leave all of that to chance. I mean, certainly yes. You know, the, these relationships often do come down to 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 goodwill negotiations. But 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 I would want to build into a contract. Um, some sort of uh, decision-making governance procedure around what happens when there is a force majeure event here. Um, so the, the the parties should be sitting down, having that good faith conversation, seeing whether you are able to postpone um, the event and, and find a, a suitable date um, and everything else that then uh, follows from, from that. Um, similarly, if you have to cancel the event, um, Often a, a contract will will then be left silent as uh, as to what happens, which which opens up uh, potential litigation to to, to recover um, cer- certain um, certain costs and and uh, and fees. Um, again, I, I would prefer to see some kind of mechanism um, for what happens in that in that situation, whether it is um, sensibly staged payments um, throughout the term of the contract. 
um, which take you up to a point where it's um, w- where it's terminated and um, future payments are then are then um, stopped. Um, but the, the the payments that have been received by the rights holder are, are retained to cover, uh, firstly, the value that um, that that the host or, or or other stakeholder that we're talking about um, has has received up to that date, um, and, and also the, the the various costs that the rights holder has had to incur up to that date in in, in relation to the to the cancelled event um and there, there, there are other um you know pr- practical measures that that come out of that um that people are are, are starting to to really focus on now whereas whereas before they, they may not have paid too much attention to there's a it's an interesting moment well you know it felt like friday was a big moment lots of you know big decisions being made and then you had a weekend and then mm. there is a sort of general sense and you're sort of lots of people saying we're all going to be nice to each other um generally How, does that normally last you know when sort of when you're on the hook for a great deal of money or if you've got you've taken a risk it won't goodwill will only get you so far presumably mm. then then there will be a sort of second bounce to this where it starts to get uglier presumably or can do uh, yeah, I, I think that's right i mean there, there's you know there, there's a balance at the moment you know the the um you're absolutely right towards the end of last week there, there seems to be a, a a very significant shift in um in attitudes and, and in in, in um, cancelling events so you know there, there were a couple of days there where every time you uh, you looked on on um, a sports website, there was yet another event being cancelled, um, and and the um, you know the, the the public mood has has to be gauged here as well. I think one of the stakeholders that uh, I omitted to mention, which is an incredibly important stakeholder in in any sport, is is the audience as well, um, and 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 their um, their their mood has has to be gauged. It, it becomes a, a um, a PR issue as well for, for for all sides. Nobody wants to be seen as as, as the, the the bad guy in this situation when everybody's focusing on a, a global pandemic and, and worrying about um, health issues. Um, no, nobody wants to be seen as greedy, trying to um, you know try, trying to um, sue another party for for multi millions of, of pounds. Um, but but that situation will. Uh, will happen uh those conversations do have to be had and with a lot of these relationships they are long-term relationships um so if you're talking about an event an annual event even um that's that's being cancelled where there is a long-term relationship with a with a host or or with a broadcaster or sponsor um for for multiple years there, there are practical solutions commercial solutions that that can be found where rights are rolled on to a uh, to an additional year um, or to to other events or or, or other inventory, um, some of the some of the shorter term deals or um, uh, you know the events that that only occur every say four years, um, there there will be some very difficult uh, conversations to be had and and sometimes there just isn't a a, a substitute. Um, then they will be looking at those contractual clauses. Is it specified in there? Um, who gets what, um, and, and parties will lose out. If it's not, um, what what can they do in in the courts? Um, and and I, I have no doubt there there will be um, litigation 
um, flowing from from some of these situations, but but hopefully um, not all of them. Um, and and as I say, there are there are practical commercial solutions that that can sometimes be found. When you look back at the um, financial crisis, which again, you know, is a it's not an exact precedent, but it was a moment where you know things felt the same way as they do at the moment. Um, the lots of well, this is where the sort of capitalism comes into play, and it's not fair, and it doesn't work to everyone's uh, you know benefit. But there will be people who are looking around here at the moment and saying, okay, well, there are assets that are going to be coming to uh, or coming back to the market now. Is that do you think that process is happening now? And Presumably it is. I mean, that's what that's what businesses do. Um, there will be winners from this, presumably. Uh, absolutely, I think I think um, cash rich investors um, in in a capitalist market. Um, th- th- this is a situation which you know traditionally, uh, although this this particular situation uh, seems unprecedented, um, as you say, financial crises and uh, and other situations um, where you, you get some um, smaller to, to medium-sized businesses um, going out of business, um, that is the the exact situation uh, where where some of these cash-rich investors, um, you know, they 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 make a lot of money out of, and um, there, there will be, unfortunately, very unfortunately, um, some very good um, events businesses, sports businesses, um, and entertainment businesses. Um, which, uh, for reasons completely outside anybody's control, will be struggling financially, um, potentially going out of business, and, and will be seen as um, by, by some of these investors there for the taking. Um, and uh, you know, there there will be there'll be a lot of options um, for, for for investors, and they will be able to get um, very very good value, um, and uh, you know, some some excellent businesses that that they can then. Um, grow and, and sell on and, and make a lot of money out of. Um, I, th- there's no doubt about that. Um, there, there are also some um, some existing businesses. I think um, you know that, that will also be winners from this. Um, but but unfortunately, there there will um, be be a number of losers who um, it will it will seem extremely unfair um, that they they lose out in in this sort of uh, due to this sort of scenario. Do you think anything will change once we get to the other end? We're just sort of just the the the. There will we're all assuming whether it's mm. you know who two months, four months, six months, whatever. There will be an end to this. What um, what will it look like? Do you think there's an oversupply in the event market? In which case, this is a correction, which again, using a horrible economic <laughs> phrase, but that's that's just part of it, and that's going to happen. Um, or do you think things will look different? afterwards well i i think it's always easy for us in in the industry to um see sport as being different um a, a different business um to to any other business and uh and uh you know um completely separate from from politics and health issues and environmental issues um it, it, in some ways sport is very different there, there's a lot that uh that, that uh makes sport unique and uh you know plenty of reasons why we all love it but um it, it is a business like any, like any other, and um, 
you know, there, there, there will be situations where um, if there is um, over oversupply, um, too many options, um, then there, there will be a, a market correction. Um, you know, it, it's happened to it's happened to banks. It's happened to um, to, to um, small businesses in, in 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 any other industry. Um, so unfortunately, it, it, it will happen. Um, I mean, I, I love the diversity in the in the sports industry, and you know there, there are many niche sports that that keep a lots of people very very happy. Um, the question is, are they keeping enough people happy to be sustainable businesses in this sort of market? And um, in t- time will time will tell on that one. Next up, we've got uh, Simon Dent, who I spoke to when he was sitting in a very empty office, having sent everyone home on uh, Monday morning. And uh, he is obviously founder and CEO of Dark Horses. Yeah, just so where where are you? What 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 what's your where's your head at? Yeah, so at the moment, um, I'm currently surveying an empty Dark Horses office. Um, we made the call uh, late last night to shut the office and um, get the deep cleaners in. Um, it, to be honest, it was quite an easy decision to make in the end. Um, we, we we suspected that. If we weren't going to make the decision ourselves um, this week, it probably will be imposed on us um, in the next few weeks anyway. We'd actually spent last the end of last week putting plans in place, um, setting everyone up to work remotely. So, yeah, I think obviously it's um, we are entering the unknown, but we are we are confident, we're optimistic, and, and yeah, we, we're sort of we're good to go really. The um, I'm always looking for winners and losers in this. Mm. Deep cleaners, that's a pretty good place to be at the moment, yeah, I think. Deep cleaners have been pretty booked out. I won't tell you for how long. Um, I might be putting the, the rubber gloves on myself, but it's um, yeah, deep cleaners and bacterial gel manufacturers are probably doing quite well at this. What's the 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 process from your perspective? What are you so you, you've obviously got clients yeah. and take us through that. Yeah, so obviously um, clients and and um, our team, sort of individual welfare at the, 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 the top of the list and top of the agenda, we've communicated with all of our clients this morning that we will be all working remotely. We've suggested that we set up a daily status call with our clients. Now that is um, maybe perceived as being a bit excessive and that's obviously their prerogative if they want to take us up on that. But we, we have... Um, we've decided that internally we're going to do a um, status call every morning. We had a Google Hangout this morning with everyone in the agency on it, which was um, interesting. <laughs> it's going to take a few of them to get them right. <laughs> but we are offering, yeah, to speak to our clients every day if they need us. We've obviously had a few productions cancelled, a few postponed. Um, we're in the middle of a pitch. So, yeah, we're sort of agency life is going to go on um, as normal as we can. We're, we're being quite pragmatic about it. And we're sort of, um, we fully understand that it's it's going to be a challenging few weeks and, and potentially a few months. But our view is that because of everything we work on is in the world of sport, we know that um, a lot of the things that um, aren't taking place are being postponed. And, and to be honest, you know, at the end of this year, there's going to be a lot of the work we're not doing now is going to take place. So yeah, we're, we're being pretty open-minded and, and positive about it all. Can you, um, you know, you've, we've got big summer events coming up yeah. and you, you've got partners and you work for yeah. um, Nissan will be yeah. one around the Euros, for yeah. example. What happens? Do they just say, right, okay, we're going to just 
stop doing stuff or is it just a, a question of waiting and seeing or well, so, what, what are the decisions that need to get made? Yeah, I mean, look, Nissan obviously is a massive investor in sport. Um, its biggest sort of investments to date are around um, the Formula E team and as you well, as Champions League. So I think Champions League, um, there is a meeting taking place on Monday the 16th today um at UEFA and I think we're going to know a bit more about that this afternoon we can't speculate obviously there has been a lot of work planned not just from sort of our side of the the strategy and creative as to, to the road to Istanbul but there's a massive piece around the you know the hospitality and the ticketing of the of the final and all the games and all the hotels that have been booked for you know guests so there's a lot of that stuff that's people are, are working you know around the clock trying to organize I think um it's it's a hard one at the moment because people are um, we don't have all the facts and I think it's something that you know people are I suppose talking daily whether it's the rights holder to the brand to the agency the clubs and just just trying to, to to communicate ultimately with with Champions League UEFA have to make the decision and I think it's going to be in everyone's interest um, if they make that decision um, pretty quickly, i.e. today or tomorrow, because then at least everyone can then plan for what the, the next three or four months will look like. And if the, when you get into things like sort of the contracts mm. that, and when you're getting into rights sort of deals where obviously you've got obligations on the rights holder side. Yeah. Um, how are you seeing that? How is that going to work? Are they? I mean, in a Champions League, presumably they're going to try and push that into. Um, they'll, they'll make it up in some way over the body of the contract. Yeah, but- and I think what the great thing about UEFA and, and Nissan and, and the bodies and team uh, agencies involved is it very much is a partnership. So I, you know, I don't foresee any situation whereby. Um, brands and UEFA will be falling out over this. I think um, it's, a, it's an extraordinary set of circumstances that's happening around the globe. Public health is obviously the priority in football second. So I think common sense is going to prevail. And, you know, I do not foresee a situation where brands are demanding certain things back off UEFA. I think because these partners are long-term and they're, they're in a sort of three-year cycle, I can see them you know, very much or coming to table and agreeing sort of an arrangement that will bleed into next season or even the season after. What about the other end of the spectrum in terms of the sort of the smaller, shorter term relationships? Hmm. Those are probably more problematic, aren't they? Because you've got less in terms of of trust, presumably isn't there in the same way. And that's the thing. And I think that's where... um, I've got a couple of calls this afternoon with media owners and uh, an influencer agency and actually an influencer who's reached out to me for a bit of advice because I think these people are these people are quite transactional in how they operate and if you know media or the like has been booked for the next 6 weeks around certain football events and now that's not happening these people you know their livelihoods are at stake so that is I think where we are um unfortunately going to see uh, a bit of litigation falling out of this situation but again that that's sort of each their own you know it's kind of these people do need to be protected but yeah it's it's going to be a very challenging um time and as we were joking earlier about um people that will benefit i can certainly foresee a lot of the um the law firms 
being quite busy over the coming month. Go go back to your old job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All else failed. <laughs> yeah. Always, you, you always said it's going to have something to fall back on. That's what I always yeah, say. Yeah, <laughs> Um, in terms of the the sort of individual athletes or the you know the, yeah. I, I really feel sorry for the you know around this olympic conversation you know when yeah. you're looking ahead and people are talking about is it isn't it and then you've got these people who have been working for four years oh, terrible. you know for this yeah. moment and it's a shocking state yeah. of affairs for them isn't it it is and I, it is but then it isn't i think you know i i have to give myself a bit of a slap around the face sometimes when i sort of fall into the sort of you know catastrophization around you know the agency and even my pathetic attempts to be an athlete and marathons being cancelled and it's kind of like it doesn't really matter because ultimately you know there is a generation you know whether it's the over 60s or over 70s um whose health really is at risk and we have to remind ourselves that, that is the generation that survived the second world war or was born into the second world war and i think that you know we have to just prioritize that and i think all these you know it's very easy to be in, in the sort of sports industry bubble but we're all going to be okay. And I think that um, we are going to, you know, financially, we're going to take hits here and there, but, you know, long-term we're going to be okay. And I think we just have to really prioritize the, the sort of health of, of that sort of community with it around the world, really. What do you think about just finally the, the, the sort of what the sports business is going to, how that's going to, respond because obviously you've got a lot of freelance people you've got a lot of people you know working on contracts or around and events are the absolute lifeblood of it if they're not there yeah how do you think that's going to pan out it's going to be hard but I think that again this we have to try and take some good out of this and I think um we've seen things on the internet and you know social media social media gets a lot mud slung at it but I think we've seen some really interesting things around people being humane and just showing actually that, that the world is a community. I think what I really like to, to happen and, and believe it will happen because there's a lot of really good people in this industry is that a lot of people are just going to get together and work out a way of, of helping each other out. No one wants to see anyone go under or lose. And I think whether it's, you know, the, the, uh, the, the national league, the football clubs within that, or, or even lower league um, football league clubs, I think, I think I really do think that common sense will prevail, and I, and I do think we're going to see um, over the coming months some incredible gestures, which um, some some are long overdue. But I think it, you know, I really am putting my faith in human nature to actually um, be the big winner in all of this, and I think it's, it's a brilliant opportunity for the world to come together. And and sport, I mean, look, sport is a massive thing, and I think one of the things that you know a lot of people are struggling with is sport is usually the thing they go to for the distraction from the from the nightmare situation, and now that's not there it is you know it's it's a really challenging time so i think we all have to put our faith in human nature and i'm i'm really confident i'm always excited actually to see how the world's going to bounce back and respond to this okay right that's a good one brilliant that's a good place to finish thanks for your time simon right. i know it's a busy day busy but day. uh all right, look after okay that. yeah stay well Cheers.